guys, welcome to another episode of Rapture Radio. I'm Pastor Stewart, joined by the Pastor Brandon Neely. And uh, we're coming today to talk to you guys a little bit more about understanding <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Fixing these wires for us. <laughs> Push the wires out of the... Thank you. See them. I they appreciate were, your attention. They were bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here to bring you another episode of Rapture Radio. Quick reminder, if you're looking for ways to find more business information... You can go on wearechristchurch.com, search for any of our media there, or go to sermonaudio.com, search keyword Rapture Radio, or We Are Christ Church. You can find all the episodes. And That's right. That's right. We have a special guest today. We do, Rowdy. Rowdy's, <laughs> Rowdy's literally in the house. Go lay down, boy. Go lay down. We got work to do here. That's awesome. Pastor Brandon, where are we going today? Today we're going to be talking about the temple. Ooh. Temple. You know, we've been talking about the literal interpretation of uh, Scripture. And we, yeah, and we mentioned one of the greatest errors of the um, literal interpretation, the extreme literal interpretation of Scripture, is they tear Israel and the church apart. Right, right. And so today we're looking at another error, and that is that they believe, based on their literalist approach to Old Testament prophecies, that there will one day be a new temple constructed. Now, this is primarily the dispensational group that we're kind of talking about. Right? Dispensational, premillennial, yes. Okay. Okay. And how this um, intersects with other types of premillennialists, I'm, you know, we'd have to go into that in greater detail. Right. Sure, sure. But just at a uh, basic level today, we're going to discuss what to make of all the Old Testament passages mm-hmm. that foretell a coming temple, right. a new temple. And this is important, you know, we should say. Uh, I think yes. Sure. Because that's the culture that we're brought up in. So it's important to kind of go through these things and talk about them, I think. I think so. We need to go through them systematically, try to uh, interpret the Bible, you know, correctly. Right. And, and when we come to understand what the Bible teaches about the new temple, it's glorious and it's good news. Right. That's right. So that's why we got to look at it. That's right. So I got a few Bible passages for us just to start. We could go to many Old Testament passages, honestly, and speak of the foretold temple. But I picked a couple for us. Um, Isaiah 56, verse 7. It's speaking of the millennial kingdom, speaking of the the rule and reign, the kingdom of the coming Messiah. And it says, These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. You you already recognize those terms, holy mountain, you know, Mount of Olives. uh, My house will be a house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. So we see a reinstating of sacrifices, it seems. Right. That's right. right. You see priests mm-hmm. in a temple the with temple. sacrifices. Right. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. That's right. Jesus, this is an important passage. Jesus, um, pr- Jesus restates this passage. Mm-hmm. But does he mean... That there will one day be a literal temple built in a future millennial kingdom in Israel, reinstating the sacrifices, reinstating the offerings, reinstating the Levites. Does he mean all these things literally? That wouldn't make sense, of course. (laughs) Go lay down, Rowdy. (laughs) Let me take care of business here. (laughs) Well, that doesn't make sense, I don't think, um, because of different things that we see later on whenever Jesus is, is talking. He says that we're done with sacrifices. Well, he doesn't say it, but his sacrifice is the ultimate sacrifice that we 
we're finished with this stuff, so why on earth would we come back and do it again? Amen. I don't get it. I was busy beating my dog. <laughs> so... No, that was good. That was good. Exactly. If he has offered a sacrifice once and for all, why would we reinstate it? And of course, the answer they say is because it's like the Lord's Supper. It's a memorial. You're remembering what he has done by offering up these sacrifices. That's what they would say. Well, the Lord's Supper is much more than a memorial. It's a uh, covenant symbol. And the covenant symbol of the new covenant is the Lord's Supper, not sacrificial lambs or circumcision which if you take the passages in ezekiel which point forward to a renewed temple you also have to see circumcision reinstated you see the problem is when you think when you interpret these incorrectly literally the passage in ezekiel chapter 40 through 48 passage in isaiah others in jeremiah 33 you go backwards you go backwards to circumcision you go backwards to sacrifice Instead of forward to redemption. See, the literal approach, all right, really is one of the worst evers. The worst ever. <laughs> the, it really does lead to horrible error. Okay, okay. All right, listen to what Jesus says or what Paul says in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. And he said, listen carefully to this, because this is going to explain to us how the Old Testament prophets are speaking to us. Okay. Though they use what seems to be literal language, Temple measurements, sizes of the temple, etc. Ezekiel goes into great detail. It explains to us what's happening here. Numbers 12, verse 6. And he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly, and not in riddles. So you see two types of revelation to the Old Testament prophets. You have one, you know, clearly, and the other in visions and in riddles. A lot of these apocalyptic visions which are given to Daniel, to Jeremiah, to Ezekiel, to Isaiah. Yeah, they're like riddles. They're they're hard to understand. They use typology and foreshadowing and, and all manner of metaphor. Right. They're not to be taken literally as the, the commandments given to Moses, for example, the Ten Commandments. Or, Yes. Yeah, so there's different types of prophecies. Yeah. And if you take these visions, which are signs, signifying things, signifying truths, um, and you take those literally, you're, you, no one can take them literally, not in a, any consistent fashion. Right. For example, the temple in Ezekiel is said to be atop one of the highest of all mountains. In Jerusalem, the highest hill is like 2,000 feet. So you can't, you can't no, take these... No, you can't take these consistently, literally, right? What we need to do is look to the New Testament and see where were these passages um, repeated and how do the New Testament authors interpret this foretelling of a coming temple? And we know what Jesus said, don't we? I just have a few string of things. What did he tell the woman at the well? That's right. Not in Jerusalem, not at Mount Gerizim, where the Samaritans thought, you know, was the holy hill. But it's spirit and truth. (laughs) What did he say? He said those old wineskins are going to burst. They can't hold the blessings of the new covenant. The old has passed away. The new covenant is being established. Jerusalem would be destroyed in 70 A.D. by God's judgment. 
Jesus foretold it. He said in Luke chapter 11, verse 8, if I remember correctly, when you see armies surrounding Jerusalem, you know, you know the time is near. He prophesied that Jerusalem will be destroyed. What did he say about the temple? Tear this temple down. Mm, we'll get to that in a little bit. But he told his disciples when they were impressed with the magnitude of the construction, he said, listen, within one generation, all of this will be leveled. Not one stone will be left on top of another. He prophesied the destruction of the temple, the destruction of, Jer of Jerusalem, in order to make way for the new Jerusalem and the new temple foretold by Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Isaiah. Not a literal one, but still a temple nonetheless. A, a full a fulfillment of everything that the temple ever pointed to. It, God can't be held inside of an earthly temple. Right. So, uh, so this, this can't be the final fulfillment of things. Right. But what can God be contained in? Well, it says that in Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. You see, now we're just getting into the, the true meaning of this. The future foretelling of a future temple by Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, etc. is not foretelling the building of a temple in the future millennial reign in Jerusalem. It's foretelling the coming of Jesus, who is God incarnate, who tabernacled among us. Right. Who is the temple of God? If you want to go to God, you go to Jesus. If you want to worship God, you must be in Jesus, in union with Jesus, who is the chief cornerstone of God's holy temple. You and I, what? Living stones united to him by the spirit of God. So you see, this is not literalistic interpretation, but what we are doing is going to the New Testament authors, seeing how they use temple language. And interpreting it in that way. Right. They're not looking for a literal temple. And it, was it no. Peter? In Second Peter, he's talking about you are living stones. That's right. Being built up into a spiritual house. He said we are a, yeah, a royal priesthood. He says we're the priests. We're not looking for, we're not looking for a literal priesthood to arise up somewhere. A new line from Aaron or any of those kind of things. We're not looking for an actual temple. No. He's saying here we are now. You're the priests. And you're the temple and Jesus at the temple you're united to. Right. right? Um, let me go to a few of examples just so we can get them out there for our, office, our audience. He said, if you tear down this temple, I'll build it up in three days. What do you think he was talking about? John tells us he was talking about the temple of his body. You can't be more clear than that. Exactly. He comes to tabernacle among us. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead, as you were saying. When we gather in him and before him in worship, we are gathering at the temple, a spiritual temple, atop Mount Zion, I should add, according to Hebrews chapter 12, right. accompanied by a host of uh, innumerable angels and all those who've died and gone on before us. Wait, so hold on. What you're saying is going to church matters. It is uh, non-negotiable. <laughs> it's non-negotiable. Look, WWJD, what did Jesus do on the Sabbath? He went to church. He went to church. <laughs> Went to the synagogue. Yes, indeed. As was his custom, says Luke chapter 4. So, he is the chief cornerstone of God's new temple. We're the living stones. We get this. He is the temple not made with human hands. He is the living water flowing from the temple. He is the manna from heaven, which was in the ark of the covenant in the temple. So, we should not be looking for a real temple. If we do, we're sinning against the person and work of Jesus Christ. Dang, you said it. We did. We are. We are. In ignorance, in deception, yeah. we are highly confused. Mm. 
He is not only the manna inside of the Ark of the Covenant, inside of the Holy of Holies of the Temple. He is also the one who fulfills the law written on the tablets of stone. And then he sends his spirit to put those laws on your heart and you too become a temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, this, this gets good. This is good stuff. What does Paul say? No, you're not that your body is a temple of the Lord. Now there he's talking about the congregation of the church, that body. But it's also true that the spirit indwells us. The law written on our hearts, like our heart is the Ark of the Covenant, and the law is right inside there, and our body becomes a temple. But we're also priests, offering up our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. We could do this all day. Like, we, when, when you do this strange, literalistic approach to Scripture, you're not doing something noble. You're, you're, you're being gullible, right? if not worse. Yeah. What about the lambs that were sacrificed? Behold the Lamb of God mm-hmm. who comes to take away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And the whole institution of Passover where the whole point was to point forward to Jesus. Right? It's, and it's all fulfilled. Amen. That's right. There's no longer any need, any need of temple. What did Jesus say clearly? He said something greater than the temple is here. Mm-hmm. He is the temple. To him do we go to worship God. Mm-hmm. To him do we pray. Mm-hmm. In him. Do we gather in the presence of the Lord? He is God walking among us, Emmanuel, God with us. Man, that's good stuff. Absolutely. And here's the cool thing before we go. Okay. What? Paul says that he labors in the temple. Who labors in the temple? Paul says he labors in the temple, a good workman, right? Okay. He's careful what sort of stones he builds with. And when you understand his analogy, what he's saying is as we go out into the world as priest kings, as evangelists heralding the good news that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going out and it's it's taking quarries from the the it's taking rocks from the quarry of Satan and turning them into living stones in the temple of God. So as the kingdom advances by the preaching of the gospel. It is deconstructing the the fortress and the 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 uh, battlements of the enemy, pulling stones off of his walls and gates, and turning them into living stones to his temple. I mean, so and, and it expands through gospel preaching as dead stones become living stones as he turns stones into children of Abraham. That's right. Stones in the temple. This is one of the most glorious good news messages of Scripture. Let's not lose it for dumbness. Let's be faithful to text. Study to show thyself approved. That's right. Rightly dividing the word of Scripture. Amen? Man, this, is a, this was a great show. Yep. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time. Next time.